Greetings in Christ Jesus and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined today by Pastor Neil Radical. This morning we're going to begin with a brief devotional thought based on Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. Uh, the reason we've been thinking about this is yesterday was uh, election day, and maybe you liked the way the elections went, and maybe you don't, but uh, how important it is to remember um, that you have been elected from eternity by your God and Savior. And this is what's detailed here in uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, and this is, again, think this is what Paul, uh, what he wanted to emphasize with his, his uh, friends there in Ephesus, the people he knew so well, was this adoption uh, uh, from eternity through Jesus Christ. So verses 3 through 6 of Ephesians 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he has made us accepted in the Beloved. So just some beautiful, beautiful gospel message there, really encouraging uh, the church there at Ephesus. And so I guess I'll, I'll maybe start with the, the big picture question. Um, if God chose us before the foundation of the world, um, what does that mean as far as you know, sin came into the world? Did God know sin was going to come into the world? Does, what does this doctrine of election mean as far as the connection between sin and us being chosen today? Excellent question. I have a lot, a lot there, too. I'll respond, and I'm hopeful that you'll respond to my response, which is what we normally do. Um, so, yes, if God is omniscient, he knows all things. He knew Adam and Eve would fall into sin. Why would he place that tree in the garden? Similar kind of thoughts. If you know that, he, well, Romans 5, 8 says God demonstrates his own love to us, and while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. So he knew from eternity that even though he gave Adam and Eve free will, that they would rebel against him, but he wanted to prove to them just how much he loved them. That'd be giving up his perfect son, giving up his own life to die for us. And so that idea of election is that election, predestination, I think for me, that, cho- that word chose, he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. Those are mind-blowing things. I don't think we're going to perfectly understand the side of heaven. But ultimately, I like to look at it as foreknowledge. The Lord knew those who would reject him, just like those who crucified him on the cross, but like Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them. So that whole idea is that in God's omniscience, in his foreknowledge, he died for the sins of the world, even the people who reject him. Um, So I like to look at it that way. In his foreknowledge, he knew the people that would believe in him. He knew that the people that would reject his message, and yet he died for all of them anyway, which shows that James talks about that impartiality of God. I really think when you're talking about the doctrine of election, in my opinion, you really have to talk about his his justness, his impartiality in loving the whole world, that even would die for the people who would hate him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's an important thing to remember, too, because 
Um, there's a common false teaching with the doctrine of election, which is called double predestination. Yeah. You want to talk about what double predestination is? You're the symbolics expert, right? So you should talk about double. Why don't you tell me about that? <laughs> I did most of the talking so far. Sure. So double double predest. So predestination is a biblical doctrine. It's something that we find in scripture, and that's it's the it's the doctrine of election is predestination. So um, that word shows up in our text uh, there, uh, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself. Um, so God planned this destiny for us that we would be have this faith in our hearts that we would trust in Him and that we'd go. Uh, to live with him forever in heaven after the end of this life. And a lot of times we'll think about predestination kind of, the, the problem is when you start inserting your logic and your reason into the doctrine of predestination, you start thinking of it kind of like uh, uh, picking a baseball team. So on the, in the schoolyard when you were picking teams for baseball or for kickball or whatever, um, if you pick one person to be on your team, uh, then you're not you're picking the other person to not be on your team, right? And um, that's uh, that's where our logic takes us in this. Is if if God chose us to go to heaven, well, doesn't that automatically mean that He chose my neighbor down the street who doesn't believe in God to not go to heaven? And and we need to be very careful about that because that's is not a biblical teaching. The Bible does not teach that God chose some to go to hell. Um, and that's uh, what you just said there. Why we need to emphasize that point of. Well, how many people did Jesus die for? You know, he didn't die just for some. He didn't die for just those who would believe in him. And that's where that false teaching springs up into other false teachings, um, is this idea of a limited atonement, is that Jesus only died. uh, After all, if Jesus was going to die on the cross, why would he die for those who he chose to go to hell, right? He he wouldn't wouldn't do that work, would he? But the Bible teaches God so loved the world. God desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And Jesus took away the uh, sins, not just of our own sins, but the sins of the whole world. That doctrine is prevalent throughout Scripture, this universal justification that Jesus died for all people of all time. And because of that, um, we can, as we preach this doctrine of predestination, which is found in Scripture, uh, it's a gospel message. It's not a law message. It's not a, well, are you one of the ones who are predestined? No, it's you are the predestined. God has chosen you. That's what Paul says. He has chosen you to adoption. Not, well, do I? am I chosen? That leads to uncertainty. We shouldn't be worried about whether we're elected. We are elected, and we do have faith in our hearts. Well, I think you made a really good point there, too. I like this, I like this uh, in-depth discussion on this that we're having because you mentioned that point about if God were to do this, if double predestination was true, and you made the point if God said, well, I'm not going to die for the people who reject me, then ultimately, I think a good argument to make with people who believe in this, and there's a lot of people who believe in this, yeah. then you could say, well, that really changes the character of our God. That he says, well, I'm not going to die for these people who reject me. Now grace is not really grace anymore, and it, it taints a lot of wonderful words that we have of our God and Savior. The other thought that I had, too, is I like your illustration of the picking teams things, because that's exactly where our logic wants to go. Well, if you didn't pick, if you pick some, you obviously didn't pick others. Maybe another approach to take to that logical statement would be to say if you're going to adopt a child let's say you're going to adopt a teenager who you would like if you know foreknowledge maybe you knew that you were going to adopt a teenager that was going to run away five years from now would you still adopt them and the point is that well for those five years you're giving them that stability in the home and if if you're approaching that thought with grace it's not a picking one adopted child over another it's I'm adopting this child. I want this child to be a part of my family, even if they're going to run away. And so I kind of I like both those illustrations because it kind of emphasizes where our logic can go in trying to understand the mind of God. If He chose some, why did He why did He not chose 
choose others. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think our text gets into, that he chose us. Well, if he chose me, which I know I didn't deserve it, why didn't he choose other people who didn't deserve it? Well, the point is he chose everyone to, he chose everyone to save. And he even knew that the ones, he even did that for ones he knew would reject him and run away from home, which is why I kind of like that, um, those different thoughts there. So I like both illustrations because they show different perspectives of the logic that we can run into as yeah. far as understanding God's character and nature in nature. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I want to emphasize too, that th- this doctrine is meant to be a comforting doctrine. It's supposed to be something that when you hear this, you think, Oh man, God chose me for the foundation of the world. It's not supposed to be something where you're like, am I one who is chosen? Or is, 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 am I elected? Am I predestined? No, this is God chose you before the foundation of the world. This is something that is supposed to be a comfort to your heart. And if it's something that you're worried about, and this is one of those things too. I was told, if you're worried about whether or not you believe in God, you believe in God. <laughs> if you're worried, if you have faith, then you have faith. You're worried about the right thing. Can you grow in your faith? Absolutely. Yeah. But if you're worried about it, then you're worrying about the right thing. You put, know. Yeah. Put that yeah. worry to work. Yeah. Like, yeah. Get in the That's word. a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, so this is supposed to be comforting, comforting to us. And uh, you know, obviously, this is completely God's work for us too, because that's what our text says at the end. It says, "By which He made us accepted in the Beloved." Who made us accepted? He did. He's the one who chose us. He's the one who makes us acceptable. It's completely His work, um, and He works in us through Jesus Christ to be acceptable before God um, in the lives that we live. I was just going to ask you, what's what's the? You've talked about the good news. What's the absolute grace? in this good news, what's the absolute gospel? And I think you just talked about that, what he has done, mm-hmm. and that um, to the praise of his grace, you know, there's absolute truths in here about, again, what I said before, the character of God, which you just pointed out there. Yeah, good. So um, as we mentioned, yesterday was election day. Um, maybe you're happy about the way it went, maybe you're not, um, but thanks be to God when it comes to your election in heaven, there's only one vote, <laughs> yeah. and God makes the vote, and he votes you into that office in heaven forever. Let's pray. Uh, thanks be to God for your good and gracious will towards us, for choosing us before the foundation of the world, for sharing your love for us through your son, Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness that he won through his death and resurrection, for the eternal life that uh, is waiting for us now in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for electing us before the foundation of the world, for predestining us to be your, your children. Uh, help us to live every day now as with that wonderful knowledge, that, that blessed truth, that we are yours, that we belong to you, and help us now to live for you in all that we say and do. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, a number of weekly updates, reminders for you. Uh, this evening, uh, our online Bible class picks up again at 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. I hope you can join us for that. First uh, John chapter 4 is one of my favorite chapters of the whole Bible. Uh, that's the God is love. It reveals to us what love truly is, that we cannot love outside of God. So really a, a, an awesome, awesome chapter. If you're interested at all in, the, in uh, who God is and what he did for you, that's the chapter to pick up in. Um, this coming weekend is college. Well, can I interrupt oh. you for a second? Oh, please go ahead. Just what you just said, First John 4, you know, it starts with test of spirits to see whether they have, they have God. And you mentioned God is love, and that really goes back to our devotion so well because it just mentions we're testing what people say about God's love. Mm, yeah. I, I like just everything you just said about Ephesians 1 that really fits in with that too. So, Yeah, yeah. So join us tonight if you can. Uh, this weekend is the College Visitors Day in Eau Claire. We have quite a number of kids heading over. I think two cars full, you said, right? Yep. Uh, heading up uh, to Eau Claire check out the college. Yep. to check out the college there this weekend. Um, so... Uh, uh, keep their safe travels in your prayers and obviously we're continuing to pray that the Lord would send more uh, pastors and teachers out into the field I guess there's a ton of 
kids in the teaching program in Eau Claire right now. Quite a few. Um, like 13 or something like that. Yeah. yeah so start, more, start some more schools. Yeah, absolutely. Start, start more schools and, <laughs> and uh, uh, pray for more pastors, too. We need certainly need those in our uh, in our synod Do you know well. what the shortage is right now in our synod of pastors? I think there's like two or three open calls right now, I but we have yeah. something like 20 guys over the age of 60 or something yeah. like that. So yeah. it's, it's, uh, uh, it may get desperate pretty quickly here. We'll see. Yeah. Um, this weekend is the 50th anniversary of the rededication of our church sanctuary. So we have some special uh, things going on this weekend. We're working on slideshows, some booklets on the fire, uh, the rebuilding, uh, and there's a sp- going to be a special uh, surprise handout. Um, so you have a souvenir you'll be able to take home for your family as well. Uh, it's been put together by some of our former students, so I uh, hope you can join us for that. Maybe you could uh, just use this opportunity to invite people, especially from the community, who lived through that fire, watched it happen. So it's the rededication of the church fire. So if you have people that you knew grew up that knew that this took place or had parents that went through, invite them to come to the service. Really easy uh, conversational starter. Hey, we're having a rededication. Remember when that happened? Come on over. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, not this weekend, but the next weekend is the drama club. Their school's putting on a play for the 18th through the 20th. I think there's three performances. Um, they're doing Charlie Brown, so uh, please uh, think about attending that and uh, supporting our school in that way. Uh, Thanksgiving schedule coming up. We, uh, as usual, have our Thanksgiving Eve and Thanksgiving Day service, so Wednesday the day before at 6 p.m. and then Thursday at 10 a.m. Those are exactly the same service, so um, you're welcome to come to both if you like, but uh, um, they're, they're going to be the same thing. Um, and then s- that Wednesday evening after service at 7 p.m., uh, we'll have a pie palooza. So uh, last year we had a great turnout, a lot of pies, and uh, this year uh, we'll hope to do the same thing. Uh, again, that's Wednesday, November 23rd at 7 p.m. after our 6 o'clock service. So I uh, hope you can join us for that. Uh, on our prayer list again this week, uh, we keep Tom Jensen and Carrie Dale, both of whom are dealing with uh, terminal cancer diagnoses. Uh, please keep them in your prayers uh, going forward. Um, John Hine, Pastor John Hine, uh, more tests were done last week, and it sounds like uh, things are looking worse and worse, um, uh, at least from an earthly, physical perspective uh, for him. I believe he's. they were talking about him starting chemotherapy today, or, or maybe yesterday. Um, so they're uh, they're tr- going to be trying to address it, but it does it is now stage four for sure, and uh, that's what the doctors call. According to the Caring Bridge website I read, they call it incurable uh, at this point. So it's throughout uh, his whole body, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, uh, all over the place. So keeping jo- Pastor John Hine and his family and congregation in our prayers as well. Uh, and we'll also keep John, keep John McLaren in our prayers. Uh, he's got that kidney disease. Uh, he's on dialysis. He was in the hospital this past weekend, too. So uh, please keep John in your prayers. And finally, I appreciate all the thoughts and, and feedback on the call that I've been working through. I appreciate your keeping me in your prayers as well. And uh, please continue to keep me and the, the congregations out there in Seattle uh, in your prayers as well as, as I continue to consider um, where the Lord would have me serve. I appreciate you taking time wrestling with it like you are. And it's good for people to be open with you and yeah it's been I think three and a half weeks now so yeah see it's 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 good to and it I just like to remind people too it's like pastor can't make a wrong decision here because ultimately he's just trying to decide where he can best use his gifts and talents to serve the Lord so as I've told him before and I'm encouraging all of you no matter what he decides I'm looking forward to trying to be supportive of that even though I might have personal 
depending on what he does. <laughs> well, all right. Well, I'll ask you about those personal feelings after we get done recording here, <laughs> Pastor. But, uh, uh, that brings us to our wisdom of Solomon's Proverbs. Today we are in uh, Proverbs chapter 15, and Pastor Radical picked out a couple verses for our discussion today. You want to walk us through those, Pastor? Yeah, I thought in the spirit of election and the campaigns and so forth, uh, I really like these verses. There's two or three verses I want to talk about here from Proverbs 15 and get some thoughts from you too, Pastor Nelman. Uh, Chapter 15, verse 1 says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So just starting with that verse briefly, we might say, okay, I mentioned elections, and one of the things that kind of bugs me a little bit is just the the bashing that goes on with all the advertisements. There's, there's no good words that are spoken. It's all harsh words. It's all hurtful words about the opposing candidate, which leads to the point of defensiveness, and you never really know what to believe or what is truthful or not. This whole idea of giving a response, a, a soft answer, that, that goes beyond elections, obviously, but that could be any part of our life. So the very first verse whether you want to talk about elections or not, Pastor, I don't know what you think as far as how that works in our day-to-day life, whether we use a specific application or not. Yeah, I, th- I think we can talk about elections, but you know, really anywhere in life, if you think about the workplace, think about your relationship with your spouse, think about your relationship with your child or with your parents. Um, uh, that soft word turns away wrath, a harsh word stirs up anger. You have a choice about how you respond to certain situations. And... Um, by responding in anger, by responding quickly, by responding um, out of haste and and not that gentle spirit as Jesus calls us to, you can really stir the waters. You know, you can make things, you you have the choice and you have the power to make things better or worse. Um, And boy, are we good at making things worse. You know, as human beings, um, we like to stir things up. We like to gossip and rumor monger. We like to uh, say hurtful things to one another. And you know, that's one of the, you know, I always think this is kind of a unique, it's a unique thing to human beings, isn't it? That we can, that we can, just through our words, say something that can completely ruin somebody else or ruin somebody else's day. You know, a zebra can't do that. <laughs> or an orangutan, a fish can't do that, right? This is something unique to human beings. It's because we know what hurts us. Now I can take what I know about what hurts me and apply it to somebody else and, and hurt somebody else with those things. And you know, sometimes we do that unintentionally, but you know, sadly, quite oftenly. Quite often, it is intentional that we intentionally hurt other people through the things that we say, and we know what gets under other people's skins. And you know, especially I think about like, like uh, the the husband-wife relationship. You get to know somebody. You get to know your spouse better than anybody else, and you know what really bugs them, and you know what really uh, bothers them more than anything else. And so you are able to exploit your knowledge, your personal knowledge of this individual, and really get under their skin. And that's why you know they say family disputes are the worst worst disputes of all um, and you see that and that's in my experience is certainly the case you know especially with husbands and wives when they turn against one another with uh, siblings when they turn against one another when father uh, or mother turns against son or daughter when it really gets nasty and heated and, and angry um, that's those are the worst disputes of all and a lot of times it can be traced back to these harsh words that stir up anger and get under other people's skins because that's what our sinful nature wants to do is to get that other person just like they got me and uh, it can spiral from there. I think you're really highlighting uh, the last verse that we're talking about so well here too. Verse 28 of chapter 15 says, the heart of the righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. 
any studying always begins with listening and hearing. And I think you would agree with me that listening and hearing other people, what they're saying first and thinking about how you're going to respond and answer them is good. If we're quick to react, the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. We just, like we said before, we get defensive. We want to think of the elections again. You get defensive because you're trying to, in evil and anger and retaliation, revenge, that's not how the righteous answers. We re- respond patiently and lovingly. So I like the way you talked about our sinful nature wants to respond in a wicked, evil way rather than studying, listening to the person, what they're saying, and really being thoughtful in how we respond. But at least in our last verse, I was going to ask you a quick question on verse 23, going back a few verses. We did verse 1, verse 28. You explained that really well previously before I read that. Verse 23 says, A man has joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. Any thoughts on that final verse? Well, I think... being able to say the right thing at the right time is an amazing gift. And you know, that that's, I mean, one of the reasons I became a pastor is because, because I wanted to try to help people in their worst and hardest moments. And that's been just been a great blessing for me is, you know, trying to help people, you know, even though those are some of the hardest situations that you go through as a pastor, um, the death of a young man, um, the, the member who got, just got a cancer diagnosis, um, you know, there's, I can think back to plenty of examples where, boy, I don't know what I'm going to say right now. <laughs> um, and, and, um, you know, that's part of the challenge, but it's also one of the greatest blessings is you're, because you are equipped with God's word, you can help people in a way that the world cannot help. You can help people in a way that simple words and encouragement can't help because you can share God's word and you can say, look, here's what God's word says about these situations. Or here's what God's word says. And this is how this can still be a comfort to you, even though you're facing this terrible uh, from an outward perspective, a terrible, awful situation, you can be blessed. You are blessed by God because you know God is going to use this for your good, and that's you know part, one of my one of the the best parts of the ministry is being able to give people the encouragement that they need when they need it, and that's you know a word spoken in due season, how good it is, you know, and that's what the gospel really. I mean, the best news of all, a word spoken in due season, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the best news of all, and that's that's always appropriate. Um, in every season, and that's that's uh, why that's why one of the reasons I'm a pastor. Yeah. It's joyful, yeah. And I like the way you said that too, because really all of us who know the gospel are equipped. Maybe we could even say chosen by God to share that word with others, no matter what our ministry is or where our ministry is, home, life, family, here or there in the world today. There's great joy in that too. Yeah, well spoken. Was, Absolutely, I enjoy those verses. Thank you for sharing your thoughts on those. That brings us to our hymn of the day. Today we'll be uh, reading hymn 461 in the Red Hymnal. Hark, the church proclaims her honor, and her strength is only this. God hath laid his choice upon her, and the work she does is his. He his church has firmly founded. He will guard what he began. We by sin and foes surrounded build her bulwarks as we can. Frail and fleeting are our powers. Short our days, our foresight dim. And we own the choice, not ours. We were chosen first by him. Onward then, for not despairing, calm we follow at his word. Thus through joy and sorrow bearing, faithful witness to our Lord. Though we here must strive in weakness, though in tears we often bend, what he might begin in meekness shall achieve a glorious end. Amen. 
Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information about the ongoing activity here, we'd invite you to check out our website, emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.